Welcome everyone to another episode of Magnificent and boy do I have a special guest for you if you like sports and if you especially like college and high school sports you, I have a treat for you uh, he's an old classmate of mine from Spex Howard School of Media Arts uh, he was really into sports back then he's just as into sports as he is today uh, we got a lot of great things to talk about you can find him on ESPN plus uh, broadcasting for Detroit Mercy, uh, the Titans, uh, for the men's and women's soccer, uh, women's softball, and women's lacrosse. He is also the play-by-play sportscaster and sports reporter for Shelby TV. And you can check him out this weekend on YouTube on August 26th at noon on the Rochester Sports Network. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce Mr. Stephen McDonald. Stephen, what is going on, my man? Not much, man. That was uh that was a pretty nice introduction. I think that's the best one I've ever gotten. <laughs> really? Yeah. No kidding. It, it, well, I can definitely tell you that uh, maybe your co-anchors or something like that just don't know how to bring you on, and they just don't know how you work. Because yeah, <laughs> I, I I've, se- I've seen you at the, in the beginning of when you started. You know, and, yeah. and even then, like I knew it was going to be something special and just seeing you like climb and, you know, just, you know, doing with the stuff with Detroit Mercy, uh, doing the stuff with uh, Shelby TV. And then to hear that you're doing Rochester uh, on their sports network. I mean, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. It's been uh, it's been fun so far these uh, first couple of years, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how these next few years turn out. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, before we start with any questions, I like to do a little thing. Uh, it is called the Dad, Dad joke, joke of the episode. episode. All right, what do you got for me? All right. What did the skillet say to the pot? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm not sure. I'm too hot to handle. All right. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, uh, so let's just, I mean, it's been so long. I mean, I had Lance last week. Yeah. Um, you know, and we were all talking about the different classmates and stuff like that. But I mean, what was your experience, uh, at specs? Like, I mean, do you feel like it benefited you? Do you feel like, you know, you learned a lot or did it not, you know, from going from schooling to, um, you know, being on hands-on job. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like, even now I'll still think back at our time at specs. And I mean, it was such a short time. We were only there for about a year or so, but I feel like I definitely took a lot from it. I definitely learned a lot, but I know that kind of when we first started out there, that was sort of my goal that I had in mind for myself was just taking in as much as I could and, and learning from even just the the other people in our class, but also our instructors as well, because they've kind of been there and done that sort of thing. So just trying to go in there and do the best that I could every time that I walked through those doors and just trying to take in as much information from whoever, or however I could. And, and I f- really felt like by the time we got done, I had accomplished that. So I was then able to take that and go out and do internships and do different things like that and kind of take what we learned from being in specs during the time that we were and be able to apply that to the different roles and different things that I did, but also kind of still continuing that mindset of just trying to learn as much as I could every day, no matter what role I was in or no matter where I was at. But yeah, I definitely 
uh, like I said, even to this day, still kind of look back at our time at Specs and just kind of appreciate how much I feel like I got out of it. And even just like meeting yourself or, you know, Breck or Lance or any of the people that uh, I know you've also had on the podcast here as well. But, you know, just even meeting you guys and becoming friends with you guys was was definitely a fun time for me. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a great time. I mean, you know, um, just the camaraderie that we had was um, was something that was really special. And uh, it was a bittersweet moment when we all graduated. That's for sure. I mean, we were all happy that we graduated and that all the, you know, I don't even know if it was, it wasn't even that big of a struggle, but it was the fact that we were just like, oh, can we just be done yet kind of thing? And yeah, because like, I, I think we were just so antsy to get like hands on about everything you know yeah and, and even I would though it say, was hands-on yeah and i would say that was probably like the best part for me was being able to be in a radio studio type of setting or to be out doing shoots and stuff like that like part of my job at shelby tv now is the sports reporters i get to go to utica high school i get to go to eisenhower high school and i get to shoot stuff for whatever sports related things that they have going on and even just last night for a week one of high school football i was out at swinehart field uh, reporting for the game between Utica and Rochester. And I mean, that was a hell of a game. So that was really fun to, to be out there uh, to do that. Unfortunately, we didn't get to stream that game like we wanted to. Um, but even again, like I said, just being in that environment again, always love being out there at, at the field and being in that uh, environment with high school football and just being down on the field for the final seconds of that game was, was pretty cool. Nice. Now, how did that game go for those that don't know? Uh, Utica ended up winning 22-21. It was a, a pretty back-and-forth game, I'd say, for the most part. Uh, Utica ended up coming back uh, in the second half of that one uh, to win. A couple missed extra points for Rochester definitely ended up costing them in that one. But, yeah, definitely a, a really fun game, especially for week one, I would say. Okay. Um, now, you went to Utica. You went to Utica High. Um, graduate of... 2016. That's right. Yeah. Cause you and I graduated the same year. Um, so how does it feel to go back to kind of like your, the old stomping grounds and now actually kind of work and do and broadcast like that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really special. This is my fourth year, I believe now doing, uh, games for Shelby TV. So fourth year, uh, being up in the press box at that field, a field that kind of like you said, uh, back in my high school days, I, played sports on that field. I was in the marching band all four years of high school, which funny enough, not a lot of people, I guess, know about me. Even back when I was in high school, I tell people that and they thought I was joking, but I was like, no, it's I'm being completely serious. Um, but yeah, so just like you said, just being back uh, in that in that place and being at that field, but kind of in a different role than obviously when I was a student there is definitely special for me. So the last couple of years that I've been able to do it have been really fun. And of course, looking for another uh, good season out of it this year as well. Yeah. Now, uh, how's you, I mean, granted, they just played their first week uh, of uh, the game, but how do you think Utica is going to turn out this year? So I actually went to their scrimmage uh, last Thursday uh, that they had at their home field. It was them and a couple other schools they brought into kind of do like a round robin type of scrimmage, which was actually, uh, I thought really well put together by the coaches and just kind of how they structured it and everything was, was pretty cool to watch. Uh, and I thought they did really well in the scrimmages. I thought out of the four teams there, they were probably by far the best team. And that's not me being biased. That was me just sitting there watching what was, 
what was happening in front of me. And I honestly thought they were the the best team out there. And even in the game last night, I, I definitely got the sense that they were the better team between them and Rochester. They definitely, of course, being week one, they definitely got to clean some things up. But I, one of the things I heard one of their assistant coaches telling them after the game last night uh, when I was down with them on the field was they're, they're easily fixable things. Like they're not totally concerned with the way that they played last night. So they, they seem very uh, upbeat about it. Obviously it's a lot easier to feel good about your performance in a win. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely thought they looked good yesterday. Okay. And uh, because you do Eisenhower high school as well, um, how are they looking? Uh, so I haven't been able to see uh, as much of them. Uh, they had a scrimmage the same time Utica did. So obviously can't be in two places as once as much as I would have liked to have been uh, not uh, not possible, obviously. And then they were uh, on the road. They're actually on the road uh, tonight uh, at Oxford. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how that game turns out. But yeah, I think they'll they'll be pretty good. Uh, they had six wins last season, which was uh, an improvement for them over the past couple of years. They had had a couple down years a few years back. So it was nice to see them kind of bounce back to form a little bit last year. And and I would expect them to take a, a bit of a step forward this year, maybe try to get to seven, eight wins uh, if possible. But they definitely play in a, and I'm sure you know this from, from being from Ford, but they play in a, a super tough division in the Mac Red with teams like Chippewa, Stevenson's there now. I think Anchor Bay's in there. Uh, Which I don't get year. why Anchor Bay should be in there. But, you know, if they've been playing pretty good for the past couple of years, I mean, yeah, then they deserve it. But, like, yeah, yeah. like you said, like the Dakotas, yeah. Chippewa, um, Stevenson's up there. I mean, Romeo. Yeah. You know, all those different teams, dominant teams yeah. that have proven why they should be in the Mac Red. Yeah, yes. Romeo. Romeo, I want to say two years ago was the number one team in the playoffs, and uh, they actually squared up with Utica in the first round. I think it was like fifty-two to nothing or something like that, or fifty-two to seven. Yeah, uh, in that game in the first round of the playoffs. So yeah, like you said, just totally dominant from top to bottom division. I mean, everybody just kind of eats each other alive almost week to week, and that's something that even doing the games for Eisenhower, I've said there was a point last season where they won a Mac red game. Uh, I believe it was against Romeo uh, at home last year. And I said, prior to that game, they hadn't won a Mac red game in about two years, almost to the day. And this so is Eisenhower that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah, Eisenhower. So that's how tough that division really is that Eisenhower had one or two kind of down years by their standards. They didn't win a, a division game for two, two whole years. Like that's, pretty much unheard of i feel like yeah and another thing is like after like even past like mac right so you go past like going against you know i don't want to say easy teams but easy teams like ford like utica like um you know i mean gross point south does put up a fight but even they get beat um by like different mac red teams and but i mean they go against guys like lake orion oxford like just good medium-sized teams but then past season like past uh regionals or i'm sorry uh, uh let's see so you got uh districts right that's yeah i think that's yeah, yeah the districts so the first round of the playoffs and then of course regionals by the time they get past regionals they're playing teams like um uh detroit uh, Catholic Central, or you know, or yeah, you're playing bro the big brother, boys now. brother right, or De La Salle, or they're playing um, a uh, Kaz Tech, you know, those guys to where it's like, 
those guys are athletes, you know, yeah. I mean, not saying that, you know, there are some athletes on some of these other teams, but the thing is, it's like how many people come from those schools that either go to college or go to the pros, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that was one of the fun things too, about watching Ike uh, a couple of years ago before I got around to, to Shelby TV, it was like the year or two after we graduated high school, just watching them make those kinds of runs in the postseason, and they're playing the the West Bloomfields, the Cast Texans, teams like that. And even if they didn't necessarily win, they were in 21 to 17, 21, 18 types of games. I think one year it was like 14, 13 was one of the scores they lost by. So, yeah, I mean, even if they weren't winning, kind of like you said, they were they were definitely hanging around with some of the best teams uh, in division one, which was really cool to see. Yeah. And I mean, just all, all around, like, I mean, it's, I remember playing, you know, especially football, uh, against guys like Romeo and just how big everybody was. And it's funny to look at now, like as an adult and be like, those kids are not big. <laughs> they're just, you know, they're just kids. But when I was 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, those guys look big and massive but now i'm just like what no they're nothing they're they're just you know little kids they so um but uh yeah so but you're really enjoying it and and i'm really happy for you on that um you know do you look at yourself uh continuing to do it and you know i know i know you loved it uh, back in Spexing, like you would always talk about michigan which is why i'm wearing a michigan hat right now so you know gotta rep got to rep uh michigan's colors um but even you know what let's let's talk about michigan actually um how do you feel about harbaugh's uh three game suspension yeah i mean it's it's definitely kind of weird it it seemed like for a second there he might get out of it i know originally the plan was like the four game suspension or whatever it was and then they're like well maybe he's not going to be suspended. Maybe it'll get pushed to the off season. Then we'll see what happens there. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, the school's going to give him three games or whatever. So I'm like, okay, if it kind of lets us have our resolution and move past it, I'm fine with it. Like, I don't think he really cares all that much. So no, like, because, why should we, because look at the games that they're playing. Exactly. And that's, that's definitely part of it. I know he's going to have the assistance coach different games. The, the second game, I think it's against like UNLV or somebody. I want to say that he's going to have one coach do the first half. The other coach is going to do the second half. It doesn't really matter to me. They're going to win the games by 30 some points anyway, whether he coaches them or not. I mean, they're getting, they're getting their licks in and the other team gets paid for it. Yeah. And, And it also checks off the box that says, okay, we suspended them. Let's, let's move on now. Right. Exactly. Now I heard, uh, as of recent, that Michigan will win the Big Ten this, or I'm sorry, not Big Ten. What is it now? Big Twelve, Big whatever. <laughs> I yeah, don't even know what it is they're, anymore. They're working towards twenty, I think. Originally, it was uh, fourteen. Then they added UCLA, USC, right, uh, and then I believe Oregon and Washington were, yeah. the, were the most recent ones. So yeah, yeah, they're definitely getting up there. I think that puts them around like eighteen now with supposedly they're trying to get a couple more. So yeah, I think they're, so are they just taking guys from the pack 12 and just putting them into the, yeah, that, uh, that kind of looks, 10. yeah, that kind of looks how it's going right now. The big 10, uh, like we just said, has already stolen a couple. I think the big 12s pulled a couple already. So, okay. 
And then I don't think the SEC is really going to go that route. I think they're trying to pull some from maybe the ACC or somewhere. But yeah, because yeah, I mean, the SEC, I mean, is already packed enough with like talented Southern um, conferences, conference uh, champions and just all around great schools. But um, from what I heard, Michigan's going to win that conference. They are going to beat Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State does not look good this year. I wouldn't go as far as saying they're not going to look good this year. I think they'll be just fine. Like 10, 11 wins, I think, would be more than reasonable for them. I think really what it's going to come down to, and it's pretty much come down to it the last two years, is it's going to be the game between Michigan and Ohio State to see which one wins the East and goes to Indianapolis, and then pretty much from there go to the college football playoff. Like I said, it's been that way the last two years. I don't expect it's going to be really any different this year um, unless one of them slips up in a game earlier in the year. But you saw it, I want to say it was two years ago now, Ohio State lost in week one or two against Oregon one out the rest of the way then lost to Michigan. So, I mean, it, it can happen. Like they can slip up in a game. Not that that game against Oregon was necessarily slipping up, but it was at home. So if you want to call it that, I guess, but right. yeah, I, I definitely think that it's going to come down to that game basically, but I do think the West is going to be better than it's been the past couple of years. It hasn't been very strong the last few years so basically whoever's come out of the east pretty much is guaranteed to win that game no matter what but i'm not sure that that'll necessarily be the case this year but obviously you still got to play the games and see how it goes these next couple months before then you know um knowing that you're a michigan fan but from a sportscaster who's winning college football this year a lot of people want to say it's going to be Georgia again, just because it's one of those things where kind of like how Alabama was for a while. You say it's right. Alabama until just it's that, not, but just that dominant kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah Cause but, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Alabama is a talented, just amazing, uh, program. But after a while, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide gets really boring really fast. And you just want someone to knock them off. Yeah. And I'd say that that's probably going to happen this year. Like it's so hard to do what Georgia is going to try and do, which is go three in a row. I know. I don't even think Alabama's done that necessarily. I, I know they have, I, I know they've gone, gone back to back maybe like once or twice in the last 10, 15 years, whatever right. it is. But I mean, even as, as dominant, like you said, as, as dominant as they were for so long, they couldn't even go three in a row to so, do a three Pete. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is going to be interesting to see who it is. I see a lot of people throwing out their predictions for who the final four is going to be. And it's, it's so many different teams you've got, of course, the Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, like all of that, you get some LSU, some Texas, some teams like that as well, some USC in there. So yeah, it, it, there's a lot of variations of like some sort of grouping of that. I think I saw somebody even like included Utah or somebody in there. I could have sworn it was uh, maybe Tennessee. Oh yeah, I do think I saw a Tennessee. T Tennessee's one. looking good still. Um, and then who was it? Florida State. Oh yeah, there, I have seen a few Florida yeah, State. Yeah, Florida as State. Well. A couple of the guys that I know that do a sports podcast, uh, they were saying something about Florida State is looking is going to look good this year. Them, um, I don't know about Oregon. I'm trying to think who else. Um, 
Yeah, college football, though, is definitely one of those things where if you have, let's say, like a really good offensive line, you have a really good quarterback and maybe like one or two really good skilled players, whether it's wide receiver, running back, like you're going to be able to score a lot of points, it seems like. And and a lot of those teams that we just talked about, like they all have really good quarterbacks like Michigan's got J.J. McCarthy. Um, you know, LSU's got Jaden Daniels, I believe it is still Florida State's got Jordan Travis. So like all these schools have really good quarterbacks. They're guys that are more than likely at some point when they're done playing college are going to go have a shot in the pros somewhere. You know, Caleb Williams is another at USC, obviously. Um, Drake May is another really solid quarterback at uh, UNC. So all those teams I could definitely see being somewhere in the top 10, one through 10. I mean, take your pick where you want to put them, but all those teams all have that one sort of thing in common, which is that really good quarterback play. So uh, speaking of pros, you had mentioned about uh, how you, how do you uh, predict um, the NS- NFC North to look? Yeah, so that's the big of, question right there. Yeah, a lot of people really like the Lions, uh, not even just to win the NFC. A lot of people are saying, or NFC North, I should say, but a lot of people are picking them to win the NFC. They'd have to obviously go through teams like Philadelphia uh, in order to do that. For me personally, I just want to see step one, which is winning the NFC North and being able to host a playoff game and then kind of just going from there. Um, a lot of people are, are going really in depth with it and saying that they're going to go compete for the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, as a Lions fan, somebody that's watched the Lions uh, my entire life, obviously, you'd like to see them do that. But it's like, OK, maybe let's just start out small and say win the division first, um, which I definitely do think that based on what we saw the second half of last year, If they can even stay like relatively healthy, I know that was a big thing for them the first half of last season, but if they can stay even like remotely healthy this year, I think they definitely have probably the better shot in the division to do it. I think it's going to be them in Minnesota. I'm not really sure what to make of Green Bay because I think a lot of it has to do kind of like what I said about the college quarterbacks. A lot of it has to do with Jordan Love and what he looks like this year replacing Aaron Rodgers. And then Chicago, it's like I want to believe they're going to be better, but for some reason I just... I, I don't know how much better they're going to be. And I know that a lot of people are are saying how good Justin Fields is going to be. And again, it's kind of one of those things where I'll believe it when I see it. I didn't really see it at times from him last year, but a lot of people think he's going to take this huge leap this year. And, and if he does, then cool. I think it'll make the division just that much tougher. But again, I got to believe it when I see it. So pretty much you got Lions, on, Lions first, then Minnesota. Yeah. And then who's number three? Right now, I'm going to go Green Bay, but I feel like depending on how certain things shake out, I mean, those two, Green Bay and Chicago, could really flip-flop. I have seen quite a few people say they think Chicago will be third or some even saying they could be as high as second. But I think for me, yeah, I would probably go uh, Lions, Vikings, Packers, and and Bears right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, with a lot of people, I mean, it's a big toss-up because, you know, automatically everybody's putting Lions on top. But then after that, it's like two, three, four. It's like it's all intertwined. Like you don't know who's going to – what's going to happen. And, you know, in the past, we it's been – Lions are right at the bottom and then, you know, Green Bay's number one or, you know, whatever. And I think a lot of that too has to do with like, believe it or not, 
the Lions probably have the least amount of question marks out of any team in this division because then you look at a team like Green Bay, like I said, how does Jordan Love play? You look at Chicago, they put a lot of money into their defense, but did they do it the right way? You know, did they spend it on the right pieces and and whatnot? Or did they right. or did they just like grossly overspend? I know a lot of people when they originally made those moves in free agency, a lot of people were talking about that. And then the Vikings won X amount of games. I forget what the number was. It was like eight or nine games last year by like one score or less it's going to be really hard for them to duplicate that kind of performance again this year. So they're obviously going to drop off a few games from what they did last year, more than likely. So that, that does kind of open that door for a team like the lions to then jump them in the standing. So, yeah, like I said, I think that oddly enough, probably for the first time in, in our lifetimes, the Lions are probably the team with the least amount of question marks in this division for sure. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I could definitely say it's going to be a entertaining year in an entertaining season for sure to um, definitely uh, experience. And uh, as a Lions fan myself, uh, I'm definitely going to enjoy watching um, Thanksgiving and not be hopefully not upset that they will be losing and then just, you know, cry in my Turkey. And uh, you know, but I mean, all in all, it's going to be a great season for the lions, but I honestly think it's uh it's going to be an incredible uh, um, season just for the NFL in general. Just, be, I mean, do you do fantasy? Yeah, I, I did it last year. It was the first time in a, a really long time, but yeah, I, I did it last year with, with some guys. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a really quick break and I'm going to show you my uh, fantasy football and uh, let me know what you think. All right. Okay, so what do you think of how I picked out uh, this fantasy? I am giving him uh, the sheet of paper from the fantasy uh, draft that happened. So my first question is, are these written down in the order that you selected them? Correct. Okay. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, if he, if he stays healthy, number one was uh, probably a solid choice. Uh, let's see. 49ers defense. Yeah, I like that kind of in the middle rounds. Kurt Cousins. I mean, again, kind of a later round pick, but well, that was because he was needing to be my backup, Kurt Cousins. Yeah, because yeah, I just see you got a uh, Jalen Hurts there, so I definitely like that one. So yeah, I, I don't mind uh, Kurt Cousins as your backup because let's see, Hurts is by week ten, so yeah, I, I can I can live with that for for kind of a spot start here and yeah. there because I know when I did mine last year. Uh, for like the first half of the year, Jared Goff was kind of like a a matchup kind of situational type guy that I would slot into my lineup. And then second half of the year when the Lions offense just kind of exploded, he was basically my starter, like the entire second half of the season. Right. So, so yeah, I, I can understand that. And then uh, I really like uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba as your last pick. I think he'll uh, have a pretty solid year. Yeah. This once year. that wrist heals up, I'm sure he'll be a stud. So I can't wait to uh, see him play and get me some good old points so yeah especially if uh geno smith can have another solid year like oh yeah absolutely like what, what was the quote that he used uh i'm trying to re remember i'll look it up here yeah because i know like i know 
obviously he's not going to be working with a quarterback like the caliber that he had at Ohio state with, uh, I think he, uh, had a year with Justin Fields, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, then he had, uh, oh my God, what is his name? I'm blanking on his name. I don't know, but I found the quote here. Here it is. They wrote me off. I ain't right back though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do they wrote remember me off. This. I ain't yeah. right back though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. <laughs> I ain't right back. Oh, CJ Stroud was who I was thinking of. Oh, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, CJ Stroud, yeah. So, yeah, so like I was saying, I, I don't think Smith and Jigba is going to be working with that caliber of quarterback. But, right. But, I mean, Geno Smith showed last year that even at this point in his career, he's no slouch either. So, oh, no. I mean, Smith and Jigba is just one of those guys, like a lot of Ohio State receivers are, that you just get them the ball and, and they make things happen. So I think that's really all that they got to figure out is like, hey, how do we get this chemistry down? Like, where do you need me to – to throw the ball to you and like, how do you need me to like get you open and that type of stuff? Right. And uh, speaking of Kirk Cousins, did you see what was uh, what he was doing on the sideline at? I believe it was last night's game. Uh, I haven't actually been able to catch too much preseason this year, honestly. So, so I want you to see this. It's pretty funny. But I also see you double down on uh, Seahawks receivers and got uh, Tyler Lockett though. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, it's a pretty good pick. Yeah. It, uh... There was like something about like people to pick for it had to have been like ESPN or something like that for or like Barstool Sports for um different uh people to pick up and stuff like that. So um hmm. Yeah, your receiver your receiver core is actually uh pretty stacked. I know it's pretty solid, isn't it? Waddle and Higgins back to back was actually a pretty nice get. Yeah. Deontay yeah. Johnson, I feel like, if I remember correctly, had a pretty solid year last year, too. Yeah. Uh well the what was it? I was talking to I forget who I was talking. I forget who I was talking to, but uh I believe it was um my buddy Rob uh from perch points uh he was telling me that deandre hopkins uh is probably not going to look good this year so pretty much with that i'm just like oh well okay i'll just yeah, you know I mean, bench him but yeah i mean tennessee doesn't really have the best quarterback right play. And, and he was like okay you use cardinals deandre hopkins cool if you use who's he on before that uh, Texans. Texans. You use Texans, DeAndre Hopkins, stud, right? Tennessee, DeAndre Hopkins, eh, not, not okay. So I pretty much benched him and then replaced him with uh, Najee Harris as my flex. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, I definitely think like a lot of these guys I know in the past, they've had some some injury problems here and there, like McCaffrey, uh, Cooper Cup. I know missed time. Kittle. Either, either yeah. last year or two years ago, he missed uh, – a good chunk of the season and like you said Kittle as well so yeah I mean but overall I think if your lineup stays pretty healthy they should be they should be a solid. dominant yeah, yeah absolutely um but uh like I was saying before with Kirk Cousins I don't know if you noticed this but this was uh about four days ago um so it's it pretty much uh it's a picture of Kirk Cousins on the sidelines but it says Kirk Cousins is wearing his helmet on his on the sidelines he's not wearing any shoulder pads 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I do remember scrolling yeah. through and seeing that. Yeah. yeah. And he's just standing there, just helmet, no shoulder pads, but full I, uniform. Yeah. I was going to say, I like that. He's got like the leg pads. And I know. Yeah. Too. Like he, he was committed, but he wasn't like fully committed. Right. Cause he was like, Hey, if I got to play, like all I got to do is throw the shoulder pads on, but I'm not really expecting, but to he's play. not going to be playing because it's still no. preseason. No. Like he's already got the job, like pretty much preseason. It's just to cut out the, pretty much the fat is what it yeah. is. The fat of the muscle, you know, that is the team and you're just cutting guys that are, you know, that, you know, are either walk-ons or, you know, I don't know if they get, get walk-ons in the pros, but it's like practice squad, but yeah, yeah same practice idea. squad guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you cut out those guys and stuff like that. So, and I mean, I'd say even for like the lions, you know, whether you are interested in it or not, they, they didn't play like really a whole lot of their starters, especially no. guys like golf, um, on offense, especially, uh, in the preseason, but kind of like I said, uh, in the last segment we were talking and I said they probably have the least amount of question marks out of any team in the NFC yeah. North. You kind of have that ability to to sit some of those guys out because you're like, okay, we know what we've got from them. We've right. seen them enough in practice. They've done a ton of joint practices with teams that they've uh, played here in the preseason. So like they, right. they've seen enough to where even though we haven't seen it, they obviously have so that they kind of right. have a better and, idea. And another thing is, is like one, they've already kind of experienced like, contact football to kind of get their rust off you know from yeah. you know being a couple weeks a couple months off of like hitting and stuff like that but it definitely has been fun for like the little bit of the the preseason that i've been able to catch it has been fun kind of like you mentioned seeing some of the the undrafted guys or some of the kind of fringe uh roster yeah. guys guys like and chase coda receivers yep. played really well steven gilmore had that uh interception in week two of the preseason last week so yeah it's, it's definitely been cool to see some of the, those guys and you kind of root for them to, to grab one of those 53 roster spots or right. at the very least make the practice squad somehow so yeah i mean you do definitely get that aspect of it but for a team like the lions where you're not seeing the the first team and and jared goff going up against like even tonight against Carolina, they're not going to be out there against Carolina's first string defense. So you're not going to get a whole lot out of it in terms of like what you're going to learn from the team. And, and that's something that even going back to the, the scrimmage I was at with Utica, like we talked about in the first segment, I kind of had to, to temper my reaction to the scrimmage a little bit, because even though they looked really good, I was like, well, it's still a scrimmage. It's still preseason. Yeah. The reps were live and everything, but like, eh, yeah. So, but I don't know. I mean, the preseason's a preseason and yeah. it's, it's football. So people are going to watch no matter what. And that's, exactly. that's kind of even going back to a, a bit of a college discussion for a second. That's even this weekend with what they call week zero, the games aren't anything that are going to jump off the, the screen at you. Like Hawaii and Vanderbilt normally doesn't do anything for you, but you're like, Hey, we've gone however long without football, however like eight, months, yeah. eight, eight, nine months, whatever it is without football. So like, yeah, you're going to watch a little bit, but when it's like, three to nothing at halftime because neither of the teams are any good. You're like, okay, I, I got my fix. Like what's, <laughs> what's on next? You, you got the contact. You saw the helmets. Yeah. You saw the cool uniforms. You, you know, you got to hear a little bit of the pop, you know, from the shoulder pads and everything like that, which everybody likes. No, but I don't care who you are, whether you played football or you didn't like, even my mom said like, Oh, I love the sound of football playing. Like she went into this fantasy football thing. She doesn't know shit. Okay, she's like she walks into the house just absolutely like dumbfounded. Like she, you can smell the fear 
on her because she knows she has a feeling like she's going to be picking the crappiest team, right? Well, she ended up getting, getting help because, you know, you could literally smell the fear off of her. And uh, so, but it was just the funniest thing because, um, you know, even with her, she's like, oh, I love football. I love the sound of it. Because <laughs> I'm like, none of you guys are going to be watching the games. Uh, I'm like, my stepdad didn't watch any games last year, but he was in fantasy. Don't know how. Uh, I mean, he didn't do well either. But um, And then my mom, like, she's like, oh, I love the sound of football. And I'm just like, oh, God, you're going to you're gonna be interesting to see how you do. So, um but I mean, yeah, like with preseason, like you get your rookies and everything like that. Like, uh, what was that defensive rookie? I think it was on the Lions. He had that awesome tackle. Yeah, they've got a, a couple uh, rookie defenders this year that I think are going to have really good years. They've had yeah. really good showings in the preseason and even the reports you get from training camp when they do the the joint practices and stuff like that is they're two of the better guys on defense. And that's not even just talking about rookies. That's overall like in the full 11 man first team unit uh jack campbell and brian branch are just all over the field making plays when they're out there like i said whether it's practice or in in the uh preseason so yeah those are two guys that i think uh especially on the defensive side of the ball uh people are going to be really excited to see this year and then offensively you got guys like jameer gibbs uh who they took in the first round eventually when he's able to play a uh, guy like Jamison Williams when he's when he's able to play kind of midseason after that suspension. So I don't know. I, I, I think they definitely have done a really good job of getting some young guys that are just freakishly athletic can do a lot of different things really well. And I think that when Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes got here, that was kind of their mission was to oh, just yeah. load up on young, really athletic, like talented guys that they knew that they could just kind of plug and play and and know that they weren't gonna necessarily be superstars from from day one but give it a year or two and they were gonna get there i mean a guy even just going back to last season um who was uh oh my god what is his name but uh yeah i mean just Oh, Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson. I don't, again, I don't oh, know why yeah. I'm I don't know why I'm blanking Hold on down names here, today. bro. You, you can't usually get his name as a as a sports broadcaster. Usually the names are like my strong suit, but for whatever reason, just today just I'm just drawing not, a blank, man. Yeah, I'm just not on my game today. Well, I mean, I guess, but... you did you did a whole game last night uh, with high school football, so I mean, I get it. Your brain's kind of exhausted, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's part <laughs> of it too. But yeah, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson even last year, like I said, obviously second overall pick in the draft, so you would expect him to to play at the level that he was by by the end of last season but it did because of I guess he was a little bit banged up at the start of last season uh did take him a little while to really get into that groove once he got healthier but again they don't take these guys thinking that they're going to be you know pro bowl type players from minute one but they know that they they have that capability when they do kind of figure things out at the next level and going back to what I said before I think that guys like Jack Campbell and Brian Branch are those types of players. And now when you've had however many drafts they've had, two, three, four, whatever it's been under their belt, and you get so many guys like that, and now you start to put not just a draft class of guys like that together, but now you have a full 53-man roster of guys like that. And I think really this year that's kind of what they've what they've put together on paper. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Dan Campbell – I was talking to my dad like when Dan Campbell was hired and my dad even said like 
Lions need Dan Campbell. They need him. You know, Caldwell, like, he was smart, and but he just, I don't know, something, I think it was management or something, like, they just wouldn't work together, you know? Like, whoever they put on the team, like, he couldn't coach him up and stuff like that. He couldn't motivate. Patricia, garbage. Just stay with the Patriots, right? Stay with Bill Belichick. Schwartz, great defensive mind, but not a head coach. No. But here are a couple of uh, uh, this. What is it? This is pretty much why everybody loves Dan Campbell, and I think it's going to be a couple of quotes here. We're going to get up, and on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes; I will beat your ass. Now I would tell you this: I I do think that we may need a little bit more girth up front. You know, I, I wouldn't say that we're we're not looking for that. It gives me a chance to go out and see some of our fans who I know will be out there. I learned how to clean chicken, and I could do it blind over and over, and I'll never do it again. Yeah, I was and doing that, it in high school. Every, every catch like was game-winning catch. Oh, yeah, that, that's, why it's a, that's why it's a highlight tape. <laughs> like, that's why it's a highlight tape. Down 30 nothing. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Well, to normally what I do is I get – I'll get two venti. I go to, you know, Starbucks. I get two venti with – Two shots in them, so black eye in both. We're trying to focus on winning. We got to find a way to win. You know, you lose your first three games or something, and all of a sudden I'm getting run out of town, and that's reality. Come on, Deese. Deese nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy is definitely entertaining. He's I'll, a character. He's a um, character. I love it. He almost reminds me of almost John Gruden. Like, I wish I had John Gruden as a coach. The intensity, just, yeah, the passion. The, yeah, for the for the uh, personality alone, I'd oh say. Oh, my gosh, I love it. Uh, yeah, definitely probably two of the guys that you'd love to have just like a sit-down conversation with. Not, oh even, not even about football, but just like anything. Cause I feel like they'd have that similar like energy and that passion just for for any normal conversation, not even just football. But, right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those things that – uh, Campbell said there, at least the comments relating to football, I'm not even going to go. I'm not even going to touch the last one, but, uh, no, I mean, again, he is entertaining, but I think one of the things that, uh, he mentioned was he talked about, they got to get bigger up front and, and going back to what we were just talking about with the players that they've drafted over the years and just the, the talent that they've been able to, to put together on this roster. I think they definitely, addressed the the size that they need i i'm i'm sure he was talking about the defensive line i'm sure that's what he was referring to with that comment probably but, yeah. but they did uh address that at least a little bit uh through the draft this year with broderick martin i think he was a third round pick for them this year and i mean that that's got to be like the biggest human being i've ever seen in my life i've never seen him in person obviously but just watching highlights of him or or seeing clips of him at training camp and things like that i have no idea how he is as big as he is, but he seems like he's pretty mobile from what I've heard. It seems like uh, one of the first days of training camp when they when they put the pads on, I remember somebody said that he actually chased down one of the Lions running backs from behind, and the guy's like 350 pounds or something crazy like that. So even guys like that, they find guys that for whatever reason are just freakishly athletic no matter what the position is yeah i'm looking uh roderick up right now and yeah that's a big mamma jamma yeah that is one big mamma jamma wow yeah he's probably humongous compared compared to you or i yeah i mean because you're how tall 
about five eight maybe five eight yeah i'm about five nine so yeah that guy compared to us is gonna be gigantic <laughs> yeah but i mean he he definitely fills a role that they need which is just that big physical guy in the middle of their defensive line can kind of take up some blocks um especially on the interior and kind of let their their edge rushers like aiden hutchinson or james houston guys like that kind of frees them up a little bit more off the edge kind of takes some of that focus away from them because now you've got this 350 pound monster in the middle that you definitely have to pay attention to because you're probably not going to be able to block him one-on-one because the guy may not have great technique or anything like that i think that was kind of his biggest uh knock against him coming out in the draft was he doesn't have the greatest technique but i feel like you don't really need the greatest technique when you're that big like you can when you got power behind those big old legs yeah you got the the big arms the big big legs like you're you're an immovable object like i don't care how good or bad your technique is it's gonna be hard as hell to move that i almost want to see what his combine uh numbers are like that one would be like especially like with the bench press of you know 225 or yeah 225 and how many times i can rep that you're gonna see that like like all the high jump and everything like that like let's see oh bodrick or brodrick brodrick is that it has to be let's see Yeah, Broderick. See, I thought the whole time you were saying Roderick. <laughs> oh, no. I just love how different people are uh, those kinds of names. Let's see. So his prospect grade was 5.93. Uh, yeah, third pick. Or, I'm sorry. Third, third pick in the third round by the Lions. He's 6'5". 337 pounds. Oh, okay. I was close. I said 350. Yeah. Yeah. He's from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So you know how, you know, those Southern boys, they, uh, they're massive. And then he went to Western Kentucky. Let's see here. Strengths. Outstanding blend of size and length. Block eater able to occupy both a gaps. So, I mean, he can just, just. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, like I said, that's the kind of player that they needed where he may not be like fundamentally sound, but he does the job of, of kind of eating up those blocks in the middle. And that's going to definitely open spots for linebackers to come in linebackers and edge rushers for sure. Yeah. Um, which they've definitely got a ton of guys that at both those positions can definitely make plays. So, I mean, it definitely makes their job a lot easier. And when you saw sort of. Linebackers, guys like Anzalone started playing a little bit better because earlier in the year, people wanted him cut or, you know, benched or whatever, just not on the field, basically. Um, And then second half of the year, he was like one of their better linebackers. But it's because he was freed up a little bit more because they were taking away uh, the ability of those offensive linemen to get to the second level. So now insert Broderick Martin into the fold and it's like, okay, now you've got the ultimate 
kind of gap stuff are there. So now the linebackers, whether it's Anzalone, Campbell, Derek Barnes, uh, Rodriguez, whoever it might be, now they can basically go north and south, sideline to sideline, just fly around the field making plays, which uh, I think for for Aaron Glenn's defense is going to be really exciting. Well, as of looking at this, um, he's got six different strengths, right? And he's only got five weaknesses. Those five weaknesses, you know, the defensive line coach can just work with them and yeah. just eliminate those. Yeah, and the Lions have such a such a really good coaching staff. And, oh, yeah. and Campbell's done such a good job assembling that staff. Even when he's had assistants leave him, like last year, uh, he had the, uh, the running backs coach left. His ability to even replace those guys uh, has been has been such a good job by him, I think. Of being able to do that and i think in the in the future the longer he sticks around i think he'll have more assistants that are going to leave like uh ben johnson the offensive coordinator is one that could have left last season said that he came back because he kind of felt like they had unfinished business and that sort of thing absolutely um whether that's true or not and and how serious some of those opportunities he might have had in other places were we're not totally sure but he said he wanted to come back, give it another shot. I don't think any Lions fan, after how the offense looked last year being fifth in, in scoring offense, I don't think anybody was mad that he decided to come back. But I do think whether it's, you know, this next offseason or maybe, you know, after the 2024 season, I do think that if an opportunity comes available, which in the NFL opportunities come available all the time, I wouldn't be surprised if he went and, and took a, a head coaching job somewhere. But it's nice that they at least have him for one more year, it looks like. Yeah. And I mean, all in all, I think it'll uh, it'll just be an all around uh, great season for. I, I mean, I don't want to say everyone because there still needs to be work on, you know, for a couple people and for a couple teams, you know. But I know for Lions fans, it's going to be an interesting uh, and exciting uh, season this year, as well as you know uh, the Chiefs. They're not going anywhere. Probably not. You know, Eagles, they're still clawing at the Chiefs' ankles, you know. So it's going to be a, it's just going to be an all around great year. Um, you know, so I, I just, I just find, you know, the fact that the pros, like, I, I used to be very, uh, critical of the pros. I used to always think that they, they were prima donnas and stuff like that. I mean, you know, after watching like documentaries and different things like that, like these guys, like, they go to work like this is their job. Like, yeah. you know, some like, you know, Antonio Brown. Yeah. He's a prima donna. Yeah. You know, he, th he has an ego problem. And I mean, you know, I, and I was talking with my dad and in who has been coaching for X amount of years and, you know, he, he sees it from a, a strategizing standpoint and all that stuff. But, you know, you got to have a little bit of an ego and know that you're that good because then you got to prove it and everything like that. So, you know, it, it comes down to it to where, you know, you know, you're the best, but you got to work like the best kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, cause if you think about like Travis Kelsey, right. He thought he was all that in a bag of chips in college, got in trouble. Then was like, Oh, I'm not all that in a bag of chips. Jason Kelsey, his older brother who plays on the Eagles. Yeah. For those that don't know, uh, you know, pretty much told the coach like, Hey, give him another shot. He's a good kid. 
he just went down the wrong path. I'll make sure that he's on the right path. And of course, you know, one thing led to another. Jason went to the pros. Then Travis went to the pros. And, you know, he still has that little swagger, that little, e- you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say Travis Kelsey has an ego. I would more say he just has a certain swagger to him. Yeah. You know, but he works, you know, he's a worker. So, you know. Yeah. And I mean, kind of like to your point about how these guys just the, the amount of work that it takes to even like get to the professional level. And that goes for, for any sport, whether it's basketball, football, whatever the case may be. I mean, you even look at a guy uh, here locally uh, with Amon Ross St. Brown, he does the, what is it like 201 catches on the, on the jugs machine every day after practice. And, and that's every single day. So now you multiply that by, I don't know, five, six times a week, however many times they practice times, you know, four or five weeks in a month, and then just add that up over time. Like he's catching thousands of passes after practice and and nobody ever sees that except for they talked about it on hard knocks last year when the Lions were on hard knocks, but I'm sure guys all over the league are doing stuff like that. They're they're spending the, the hours of, of their time after practice, whether it's, you know, I don't know, kickers, like running backs, offensive, defensive linemen, like whatever, like these guys are nonstop when they're in season. That's why they take that time during the off season to really kind of hit the reset button because they know once, you know, July, August rolls around, like they're go nonstop for the next five, six months and just putting their bodies and their minds through that for that long, I feel like is just, it's not an easy thing to do, but it also kind of goes to the whole debate of when people question why they get paid the way they do. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, as an auto worker, you know, we're, you know, we're at the point where we're like, how come we don't make this much and this and that. And then you get people that catch footballs for a living and throw footballs for a living and get to play a sport for a living and get paid millions of dollars for it. I was almost like now almost envious, but almost a little bit of jealousy too, because like we're the same age as the guys that are playing. Yeah. And in a lot of cases now, unfortunately, um, we're actually a little bit older than some of them too. Like you look Isn't around the something? league, a lot of these guys, like I think Aiden Hutchinson just turned like 23, I want to say. Let me find that. So, out. Yeah, so it's it's crazy. Like we're now to the age where we're actually older than some of the biggest young stars in the league, like that, and it's it's just crazy to me, man. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's like, oh, like people our age are in the NFL. That's weird, and now like we're a couple years. In, yeah, you turned twenty three. And like the crazy thing too is when you think about it, like a lot of these guys have played now two, three years and they're only turning like 24 years old. And I'm sitting here like, okay, I turned 25 back in March. So I'm pretty much like at the halfway point almost uh, to turning 26. And I'm like, he just turned 23. Like, (laughs) oh my God. Right. And you're looking at that and you're like, what? So it's like, I I know I'm not old, but it it definitely makes you feel older when you see that type of stuff. Right. Right. Or like you look at the NBA and these guys are like 19, 20 and you're like, oh my God, they're just babies. Like they were, they they were taking freshman (laughs) classes like two weeks ago and now they're in the NBA draft. Like when the the Pistons drafted, uh, Jalen Duren, I was like, man, this dude was taking finals like two weeks ago. Now he's in the, (laughs) like, that's so crazy to me. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Well, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. So uh, during the break, Steve and I, we were talking about, um, you know, reminiscent about the past and we wanted to share it with you guys but i mean we were originally had started with uh the uh his engagement uh to and then what's your uh, fiance's name uh her name is kara kara what a nice name how's it spelled k or yeah k it's a k okay uh because some girls spell it with a c and i'm just like yeah yeah uh trying to be unique there (laughs) um but uh so that's in December of 2024. Yep. And, uh, you were saying, um, how like, uh, her sister just got married. Uh, what was it? Two weeks ago. Yeah. About two weeks ago now. And, and kind of like what I was saying, uh, off the air just a minute ago was that one thing, like one kind of piece of advice, I guess you would say that people have been giving us is that even though it's still a year and about four months, I think away at this point, Uh, They say that it it definitely goes by really fast. So even though we think that it's it's so far off in the in the future that you almost kind of blink and then it's right around the corner. So kind of make sure that we're kind of figuring things out now so that we don't have to rush and figure everything out later, which which we've we've definitely, I think, for the most part, been on top of that as far as like a lot of the the big stuff goes so that we can kind of have that time for, you know, however long a time, probably like four or five, six months, whatever, uh, to be able to just kind of chill and not really have to think about it a whole lot. And then once the calendar turns to 2024, then it's like, okay, now we can kind of get back into a little bit more, kind of dive a little deeper into it. But yeah, I mean, so far it's been pretty, pretty easy going so far, I'd say. Now, has she been doing mainly the planning or have you gotten a little dabble in, into the planning or is she not letting you do anything? No. So, I mean, she'll, she'll have like certain ideas and things and she'll just go on her phone and and look stuff up, whatever kind of pops in her head. She'll send me different ideas or different things like that. Um, and kind of get my two cents on it. I mean, for me personally, and this is probably just a guy thing, I think in general, I feel like we don't really care as deeply, um, with a lot of the stuff, even like some of the bigger stuff I'd say, but you know, she'll, she'll definitely get my opinion on, on certain things. And, and I'll even tell her sometimes like, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not that big of a deal to me. I mean, whatever you think would, would work. Like I'm, I'm totally cool with it, whatever you think. And like, is there an example, like a most recent example that got, that kind of happened? Uh, I mean, like we looked at a couple of venues, like a little while back, like back, um, a couple months ago at the start of summer, just to kind of get an idea, we we did end up uh, picking one of the ones that we looked at uh, shortly thereafter. But yeah, we we talked a, a decent amount about about the ones that we looked at, and she would get my opinion about certain like specific things about it. And I was kind of like giving more of like a generalization of, oh, I really kind of like this part of like this one venue or something like that. So. I, I tend not to get too caught up in like the little details is what I would say. Whereas, right. whereas I feel like girls tend to kind of get hung up on the little details. Whereas I'm more like, Hey, as long as we're getting like the bigger picture here, like I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Cause I feel like it's one of those things where you can't just micromanage it. 
I guess is, is one way of putting it. So for me, it's more like, as long as we know we got the big stuff down, I'm, I'm pretty much fine with whatever happens after that. Right. Cause I mean, like with me, you know, granted I'm not engaged or anything like that, but I mean, I have thought about like, what would it be like, you know, like colors wise, you know, it all depends on the season and uh, the venue don't even know, but it's more like the, I think of it kind of like a, um, almost like a show kind of thing, you know, like what's going to happen at this part. What's going to, what's going to be, what music's going to be played while the uh, bride or the uh, bridesmaids and the groomsmen all walk down. What's, you know, if you have a flower man, what's that song going to be like? Is it going to be funny? Like, you know, of course, you know, if you have a flower man, they got to be entertaining, you know? And, uh, (coughs) you know, uh, the fact that, you know, and, and even with like the reception, like the different things uh, I've seen on either like TikTok or YouTube or something like that. I mean, uh, let's see. I think I can pull. Yeah, it she's I, definitely I, she's definitely sent me some TikTok stuff. Oh yeah. Um, just whether it be for like ideas or for people giving advice, like, hey, if you're right. engaged or you know whatever, like here's some stuff that I learned from when I was in engaged and and planning a wedding and all that and. And right. sometimes like it's actually useful. Sometimes it's kind of funny. So like you get a, a good laugh out of it or something. Yeah. Like, especially during like the reception, like uh, there's a groomsman drink and a bridesmaid drink, you know, and, or the groom's drink or the bride's drink. And it's like their favorite drink or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'll say too, like going back to the, the TikTok thing, she hasn't gotten around to doing like the sending the Pinterest type of stuff. But oh, I think, I think that's mainly because, we've kind of figured out a lot of the major stuff because it's going to be in December, kind of like you were talking about with the colors and things like that a minute ago, because it's going to be like two, three days after Christmas ends, a lot of the the color stuff and like the decorations and all that kind of figured itself out because it's going to be a lot of Christmassy type stuff. A lot of the decorations at the, at the venue and at the church and everything are still going to be up. So a lot of that kind of took care of itself, which was pretty nice. And, and I was telling you before we, we started recording earlier that, when she when she told me that she wanted to do the December one, I I looked her dead in the face and I was like, so I'm not saying no, but you you might have to convince me a little bit because I'm not like a winter person. I don't it's like personally... sell me sell me on a December wedding. Yeah, it's like for somebody that doesn't like the cold, sell me on literally having one of the biggest days of my life like yours being too but like my, like i'm gonna be there too <laughs> being in the cold so i was like i'm not saying no but like walk me through this a little bit so she did and she like showed me pictures and stuff and i was like okay it I does mean, look nice it, it definitely looks nice i definitely think it'd be cool because a lot of people do it like in summer or in the fall or something like that so it's more unique yeah, and, and she she loves christmas and like all that, oh, that makes sense yeah. so everything so she was like yeah it'd just be really cool to be able to do it then because i love christmas and all the decorations and the colors and everything like that so i was and like the joy around christmas yeah so, yeah, yeah. So, and the love that you have so it, it took all of about 20 30 minutes i think for me to be sold on it and i said okay let's do it and i feel like for a split second she thought i was joking but i was like no i'm being dead serious like i don't i don't mind let's let's go for it so did you pick out a day like december what yeah it's uh december 28th okay so it's after christmas yeah it's like 
it, like I said, it's like two, three days after Christmas. Yeah, it's that it's that Saturday after because I think it I think Christmas is on like a Tuesday or Wednesday okay. that year. So yeah, yeah, and that works out to where it's a little bit before New Year's. You can celebrate New Year's as a married couple. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, and start off the New Year as you know. Uh, newlyweds which yeah. is great and then you know you guys get to celebrate christmas and as you know the last time of being fiancés to each other and you know and then you get married on the 28th that's awesome dude um yeah because i mean i could definitely say like uh that having like my uh my mom and stepdad they got married on new year's eve so they got married during the day and then at night we all went bowling and celebrated it that way. So, I mean, it was, it was a small wedding, but, uh, it, it you know, every new year's Eve, I got to shoot him a text. Happy anniversary. <laughs> you know, you, you definitely don't forget it, you know? Yeah. I don't know how it would have worked. I, I feel like it wouldn't have worked, but no, it no. would have been, it would have been really cool. I think if they somehow managed to get it to where like, they were officially like announced whether it was at a church. I don't know if it was, or if it was at, it was like, like at a little chapel. Okay. So yeah, I, like I said, I don't think it would have really worked, but it would have been really cool if on, since it was on new year's Eve, if they got it right up to like midnight and then it's like, happy new year's. We just got married. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. So that would have been uh, quite interesting. Um, but I mean, the fact that you guys can do it on December 28th and then still have like that Christmassy vibe, like, have you guys decided like the colors and stuff yet? Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be like your basic Christmas colors, like red, red, green. Uh, I think there's like a little bit of blue uh, in there as, as well, but I, I was going to say, is, isn't Christmas colors usually red, gre- I mean, red and green. Yes. Yeah. It's, but I, a little yeah. bit of hint of gold in there as well. No, I don't. Maybe it's just red and green. Maybe maybe I'm just like overthinking that. Yeah, I think I think it's just red and green. Um, because yeah, we haven't we haven't really talked about like <clears throat> that specifics, uh, for like a little bit. But yeah, I'm pretty sure like at the very least it was red and green. Okay. And then like I think like white, but that's you know pretty basic. Yeah, the pretty basic part to where it's like just a clean look. You know, white yeah. is just that clean look and everything. Um, how many groomsmen do you have standing up with you? think it's like five or six that's a good number yeah because she has a big family i don't it's just me and and one older sister but she has a big family it's like her and six yeah i think six other siblings holy cow and they're pretty much all but one uh sister so like all sisters and then like the oldest is uh her brother Mm. um so like she's having all her sisters uh, stand up with her. Uh, she's going to have my sister stand up with her. So then are you going to have her brother stand up on your side? Yeah. So like he's going to be on my side and then I have to kind of like piece together some of the other ones as well. I've got a few uh, friends that I'm going to ask uh, her sister who actually just got married. I've uh, gotten kind of close with uh, her now husband. Uh, so he's probably going to be one of them as well. Uh, they don't actually know this yet. Her sisters and like my sister know already, but like I haven't told like my guys yet or anything but uh hopefully i can uh get around to doing that soon okay um so with uh the bachelor party what's your kind of ideal bachelor party now granted everybody says oh traditional bachelor party is going bar hopping and then going to strip club or getting strippers right and like that you know nowadays it's like no sometimes like guys just go off 
like I always thought like my bachelor party would be like going out to like this rent a cabin that's on a lake. If somebody has like a boat, we can go out, party, go fishing, whatever. And then have like a bonfire, drink beer, whiskey, whatever, and just shoot the shit the whole time. And like, I feel like just hanging out with my guys, that'd be awesome, you know? And, you know, I feel like that would be more of like a tamer kind of bachelor party. Whereas like I've heard, um, you know, different guys go on like different trips and stuff like that. Or like they do like a day thing to where like they go skydiving or something like that. I don't even know, but. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely, I think, depends on like the person. It depends on the group, um, how in depth kind of like you were saying, people go on trips and do different things like that. I feel like it depends on like how in depth you want to go with it. I'm kind of more, I guess, in line with you where it's like I don't really have anything like huge that I would want to do kind of more just like laid back and chill. Honestly, I don't really have like any specific idea of what I want to do, but it'd probably be one of those things where I just tell like two of two of the guys are going to be like guys that I've known since high school. One of the guys I've known since like seventh grade. Yeah. So I'd probably just have them like plan something. I don't know. And yeah. Just, Cause they know how you are and they know like, yeah. What kind so of I'd be like, Hey, at. just something kind of chill laid back, like whatever you guys come up with, like I'm cool with. So yeah, I mean, I don't, and I may not even have one for all I know. I'm not even sure. Like I don't, it's, <laughs> you gotta have a bachelor party. I mean, like, I'm sure I will, but it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't really care all that much about it. Like, I feel like, I feel like it would almost be more for them than it is for me. And I've, I've even heard some people before say like, in a way it kind of is more for them, I guess, than like it is for you. Kind of. Um, yeah. I mean, I kind of see it from both standpoints because I mean, I've gone to, uh, like, so I mean, even as simple as this, like my buddy Thomas, we had it at his parents' house and it was literally the most chill kind of vibe that you could think of. It was barbecue, like food galore, right? I mean, there was hamburgers, hot dogs, ribs, you name it. And then like side dishes and stuff like that. You know, everybody uh, either had beer, there was beer there for you. And then like, then there was like a cornhole tournament and all the like, you know, my buddy Thomas has a big family and has a lot of guy cousins and stuff like that. And so a lot of them came over and then a lot of buddies came over and we just kind of were playing the cornhole, shooting the shit and, you know, and just all around had a good time. And then later that night we ended up, uh, let me think. And then later that night, his, uh, now wife and her sisters, uh, came up and, uh, and a friend of hers came up and, said hello to us and stuff like that and we just all as a group like we were like all right who wants to go to david busters so we went to david busters at the end of the night and just played games and stuff like that that's awesome yeah it was pretty cool i mean again it was a very laid back kind of bachelor party and i mean it was all around just a great time and then um and then another buddy of mine that i stood up in his wedding um he wanted to do somewhat of like a fishing trip Right. And so he was going to do this cabin and the cabin backed out. And I was like, hold on, let me ask my grandparents to see. Cause it was like, uh, four of us. There was like only four of us and including the groom. And so I called my grandparents. I was like, Hey, this happened. Is there any chance to where we could rent a rent like a little cabin? Um, you know, we'll, 
we're not going to be partying hard because we know we want to, you know, go fishing in the morning and stuff like that. Is there any chance to where grandpa can take us out fishing and we can just, uh, enjoy that weekend. And, you know, my grandma was like, absolutely just, you know, and I, I absolutely love her. She, she pretty much, she goes, if there is any sort of noise complaint, I'm killing you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's no fun. Well, and I mean, and here's the thing, like, uh, we were, I mean, we just, we enjoyed ourselves and it was a very chill kind of, uh, uh, weekend, you know, and we did end up get to go fishing and, you know, the groom caught majority of the fish and that was great to see. And, you know, we all, we just had a great time. And, um, so, but I mean, other than that, I mean, badger parties, I think are fun for everybody. Um, for the groomsmen, I would say it's just having all the guys that have like stuck by your side and, you know, like whether it's your brothers, your best friends and, you know, other friends and stuff like that, that come and just have fun with you and you get to see the, and feel the love that they have for you for the guy, for the other guys that are going and celebrating the groom. It's just a fun time because it's like, all right, this is kind of the last time that we're going to, spend with you as like before a married man and this is just it's just a memorable trip like i said the two bachelor parties that i was a part of memorable doesn't matter how you know doesn't matter how uh, crazy it has to get or how chill it has to get it's memorable all the way around and i think it's just an incredible thing that you know you get to share an experience with you know, the people that you love, you yeah. know what I mean? So, I mean, definitely, uh, I mean, honestly, I can see it like this. You and your buddies go out to dinner or lunch or whatever. Right. And then you go say to a lions game, you guys go to a football game or something like that. Yeah. That'd actually be like pretty cool. I, I feel like I'd be down for that. Right. So, uh, what, what's, what are one of the guys' names that, uh, there, that you've known for a long time, they're probably setting this up. Uh, one of them is going to be a guy named Josh, All right, uh, a couple of years younger than us, but at least old enough to drink. So like, there's that. Well, Josh, if you're listening, set that up for Mr. <laughs> Steven, he deserves it. Uh, take him to a football game for his bachelor party and like, enjoy your guys' selves. Um, but I could definitely tell you're very excited for the wedding. Um, you know, is it, I mean, with her having a big family, I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna, we're trying to keep it. Uh, I think our kind of cap that we're at is like 120. That's not bad. Um, but we're trying to get it down more to like 105, like 110 kind of, uh, kind of area. Cause like one thing they told us when we, uh, when we got with the venue was that, like 10 to 15 percent of people that you actually invite don't, don't actually up, come yeah don't end up coming so we were like okay so like we've gotten to about like 120 for people to invite so she was like okay so you're probably like looking at this number and so that's kind of like what we're what we're basing it off of at least for right now so but uh like the minimum we have to have is 100 so we figure like 120 plus the you know 10 15 percent whatever like at least gets us there yeah um now like are you guys thinking of like have you guys talked about like any like uh 
like what songs your guys are gonna like after you guys say I do. Have you guys thought about any type of songs that you guys are gonna walk down to? Uh, not really. Um, I feel like at one point, like a little while back, uh, she kind of threw some ideas out there. I can't really think of what they were off the top of my head, but yeah, we because kind of like what I was saying before about. We haven't really gotten into kind of some of the, the more the littler deep, yeah. details like yeah. that. We've kind of more focused on like the bigger stuff. Um, and actually uh, to that, one of the things that we're doing uh, next weekend, actually on the second is uh, we're going to meet with this person that we're going to try to get for our photographer. Okay. And we're going to do a, uh, a shoot with them, kind of see how that goes. See if we like work for your with engagement them. So, photos. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do that. Uh, next week which i think is actually going to be pretty fun so I'm, I'm looking forward to that i can't wait for that by the way i can't wait to see those oh i mean same honestly because like, <laughs> like i've never done uh a photo shoot which is kind of funny because like you didn't do any for your senior year no actually i didn't no, no i just I, no i just took the plain old the the yearbook photo like you normally did like you show up to school whatever and you like sit down in front of the backdrop yeah. thing and then you just like take the picture and you're done like that's basically all i did you didn't you didn't um, dr- you know dress up in the suit and tie and no, you know, no take that professional photo no so like i've never done a uh, photo shoot before which is weird because like considering my line of work you're like in front of the camera and stuff like that all the time like it's right. just kind of like normal so i've never actually done a, like an actual photo shoot or anything right. like that so it'll i think it'll be a, a cool experience kind of being able to do that and and kind of seeing like what it actually all kind of entails because i know people that do that type of stuff where they'll actually go out and do those kinds of photo shoots and stuff but i've just never been a part of it myself so yeah right. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it well i can i'll give you a little uh sample of what my cousin did my cousin got married last year in ohio in ohio because he lives out that way uh i went to his wedding and the song that played after they said i do you're gonna love it so i'm gonna give you a little sample of it right now and you're you're, and i'm gonna have you guess what it is is this is this like a funny one oh i already know i already know Yeah, so that was the song that they walked out to, and I thought it was the funniest but yet coolest thing I ever saw, like I ever got to experience. Um, the fact that they got to walk down after saying I do to Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Yeah, I mean that, especially like in the beginning, that guitar and everything, like that's a pretty that's that's a pretty badass way to go out. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, especially like if they like threw some shades on or something too. Like as it starts, yes, like, I feel like the that'd aviators. Be pre- yeah, I feel like yes. that'd be pretty legit. Yeah, I almost thought of uh, like it would be also kind of cool for like the bridesmaids and the groomsmen to do as like an entrance song. I always thought it was the coolest thing when when like the bridesmaid and the groomsmen would do like different unique things when their name was called. Yeah, like they dance in or do something like that. Yeah, yeah and yeah, they I've do and that. they do different entrance musics they do different entrance music and uh they you know do different kind of character kind of things but i yeah. always thought it would be so cool if uh like a bride bridesmaid and a groomsman came out threw on aviators and then they did like a little jet kind of thing with their <laughs> arms and then they like like if the groomsman went this way the bridesmaid would go that way and then they would swap 
and it would just it, i don't know it would be so cool and like there's other things that you could do and uh like with different types of music and stuff like that but i mean yeah it's awesome and um you know i always looked at it to where you know the different cool things like what was it i think i saw it on like facebook one time um or on instagram i can't quite remember um but there was this like um what was it it was like the blessing of the rings or warming it was called the warming of the rings where during the ceremony you take uh the box that has the rings in it and your grandparents or you know your parents and the um and and the bridal party hold the rings in their hand and like say a little thought or prayer or something like that and then pass it to the next person oh and that's that, really interesting and i've then, never heard of that yeah i just saw that and i thought it was the coolest thing and just all in all i think it would be all around like a really great thing to experience because i mean you get like different things like you know the tying of the ropes the pouring of the sand you know yeah just different like little things that people kind of tie in kind of make it unique to them i guess and, right and it's funny too because like i was just sitting here like thinking about it just now but even just thinking about like my own wedding or something like that i've only ever been including like my fiance's sister who just got married like we talked about including theirs i've only ever been to three weddings and they've all at, been at like all? in like, my entire life three right yeah wow so over 25 years only three they've all been since i've known my fiance in the last like four and a half years and and not even that they've all been in like the last two that's nuts basically yeah so like in the last two because it's been one every year so like august 2021 august 2022 i went to the one two weeks ago so that's three i've got one in september so that's going to be four so when i was at her sister's uh, like two weeks ago, I was talking to like one of her uncles or somebody and they were asking me about mine and I joked with him because he didn't know this when I like said it at first, like I had to explain it to him after, but, or maybe I explained it to him first either way, but I was like talking to him and he was asking me about mine. And I said, yeah, I can honestly say my wedding is going to be in my top five of weddings I've ever been to because it's literally going to be number five. So it, it literally has to be in the top five. So, but then he was like, oh, so it's going to be number one, right? And I was like, oh, absolutely. Like, no, <laughs> right. no question, but like, it has to be in the top five because right. it's not like I've only ever been to five at that point. So right. it kind of makes it a lot easier. But That's yeah, I mean, funny. it's it's definitely crazy. Like in my entire life, I've only been to currently three and like her family being as big as, as it is, they go to weddings like once, twice a year, it seems like. So for them, it's just like totally normal and everything. And yeah. The, the first time I went to the to a wedding with her like two years ago, I had like no idea what, what to do, like what was going. I mean, like I knew what was going on and different things like that. But like it was kind of funny because she'd actually like kind of explain like certain things that was happening, like during the ceremony or whatever. So like now I get the picture because like her family's Catholic, too. So like there's that. Um, So they have like the different traditions and stuff that they do. Um, and whatnot. So that's kind of like what she was explaining to me the first time around. But yeah, does that so, mean that you got to converge to Catholic? I don't have to. Um, we've talked about it. 
because uh, like my family, I think, I mean, we don't go to church or anything like that. Um, but I believe we, I guess if you want to say like identify as being Lutheran. So, and from what I hear, that's like the light version of Catholic or something. If you want <laughs> to put it that, I don't know. I've, I've, I've heard <laughs> that's, that's just what I've heard. So <laughs> You, you, but you, you got Catholic and you got Catholic light. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like I've heard somebody explain it that way. I like that. And it's funny. And like it stuck that. with me because like, obviously, like, it's funny, but also I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I didn't well, yeah, because it's a stem from uh, Catholicism. And because Martin Luther, who created Luther, yeah. he was a he wasn't a monk. He was uh like a priest something like that let me look it up hold on but yeah so at least going back to your question like i don't have to convert but like i can um i think i would just have to like take classes with her or something like that or maybe i'd have to do them he was on a my priest. own okay, martin, yeah. martin luther was a priest but yeah so it's like i can do it if i want to but it's not like they're gonna force me to or anything like right. i don't know if her now brother-in-law i don't know if he did or not he might but they did it at a Catholic yeah, uh, church and everything. Yeah. So he might have, because I think that's the whole thing is like, you can only do it there if you like both are. I'm not really sure how it works. I feel like she's explained it to me before. Right. But so, yeah, it's like I said, it's like I can if I want to, but it's not like they're going to hold it against me type of no, thing. No, of course not. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 going to her wishes and you want to, you know, kind of fulfill that you know okay you're catholic it's going to be at a catholic church and everything like that and then you know it's going to be very traditional very nice and everything like that and so i mean i i honestly have never been to a catholic wedding i've mainly mainly been to like ones that are outside or you know that are at a little venue and stuff like that or even yeah. like at a simple like christian church or something like that but um but we're gonna take uh one more quick break and then uh, we'll get back at it all right so um so of course you know you and i were classmates and we and we did uh specs howard school of me arts which is no longer that uh specs howard died i believe what was he in his 90s oh easily yeah. yeah yeah i mean i still remember him like being pushed around in a wheelchair you know and him being like the sweetest old man you know just saying hello to everybody um and then another thing is is like um you know going to specs was something that was really an interesting thing that we got to do uh and we only did it for a year you know wasn't it was a year, wasn't it? Was yeah, it, it was. Years? It was like because we started the. I think it was like the last week of May in 2017. Yeah, and then we finished up like the first or second week of May in 2018, and then I literally started interning. Like well, I had done like internships before we even got out of school, but then right, I kind yeah. of got more in depth with them that summer once we did get out. Um, and then just kind of went on from there. But yeah, so it literally was just 12 months straight through. We went twice a week to the to the classroom. And that's where we did 
a lot of like the hands-on stuff, which uh, was always super fun. I wish we could have gotten like more opportunity to to do a lot of the hands-on stuff, even if like just going like three days a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and now looking back, you know, there were certain things that they were doing to teach us. If you remember like in the film broadcasting part of it, um, like they had us do this, like the interview process, you know? And then also another thing was like editing and, and stuff like that. And then another thing was like, uh, promo, like for the radio standpoint, it was like promos and then, you know, uh, doing commercials and stuff like that, you know, which I think was pretty neat. I mean, they pretty much, I think they didn't all do it together until like the very end. Um, but it was cool to pair up with different people and that had different mindsets on like what could be done and different ideas and stuff like that and mix matching it and stuff like that. I think that was really cool. Yeah. Um, cause like, especially cause obviously it's like, you have to be, creative to some degree to do a lot of the stuff that we were doing whether it was audio or or video and obviously everybody has kind of like you said they have their own ideas or they have their own visions of like what they want something to look like or to sound like so being able to have a group of people that you could kind of throw ideas at like i felt like i really worked i mean we didn't get to to work together on a lot of different stuff um when we were there but i worked a lot with like Jamin and uh alana who i actually did uh after specs i worked with her for a little bit oh really uh, what did you guys a, used to do for a year or so uh, we actually worked at a a podcast kind of like streaming company um that did a lot of stuff like on online uh so i worked with her for about a year i'd say uh, and then the pandemic hit so uh, after that, we kind of went separate ways and everything. Oh, no um, kidding. But yeah, so I I actually did for a, a short period of time get to work with her uh, after Specs. Well, like her, uh, it was really cool getting to work with her on a lot of the stuff that we did at Specs. And, and just it also, I think, because I worked with like a specific group of people on a lot of stuff. I'm not sure if that was by design or like we just kind of decided to stick together or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I know you and I, we worked together on the radio part. You, yeah, you yeah. and I would get paired up in like that country station that we used to be in. And then instead of playing the country music, we would just kind of do our own shows. Yeah, which it, it's funny because like one of the things <laughs> when we said that we were going to like finish out the show, kind of talking about stuff that we remember from back then, I do remember the one day when uh because like you remember specs radio mm -hmm. where like it was actually like online or whatever like on their website yeah yeah so we did that and we spent the whole hour of my show just talking about sports and stuff and yeah. everybody was walking by the window of the studio like waving and giving us thumbs up and everything and like they all loved it they thought it was great which was like super cool because back then, like, we didn't fully, like, know what we were doing yet. We were kind of oh, no. just, we were, we were still learning and we everything. We were just going so, by the seat of our pants, yeah. Yeah, so, like, we, we kind of had an idea of, like, okay, here's the stuff that we want to talk about. Like, we'll get into it, whatever. So, it was really cool that they all really enjoyed it. And they said that, that uh, we, we did a really good job with it. But I remember, like, our instructor came up to me afterwards and was saying how he thought I did such a really good job and like you did a really good job helping me out and everything. And he was like, but I forgot to mention, like when you did the show today, you weren't supposed to do the sports show. So like, I'm not mad, but like that, that was more on him. He was saying like that he forgot to mention it, yeah. but I was like, 
I don't know. I mean, like I had fun. I thought it went really well. Everybody else seemed like they enjoyed it. Right. Cause it was, you know, cause that online radio show, it was kind of like it, it was more based off of like stuff that I did after specs and doing like talking for 30 seconds, if not. Yeah. Less. It was, it was more like, DJing like what you literally hear, DJing, yeah. like on like channel nine five five and that type of stuff, which right. which is pretty much what everybody else did. But um, I know talking to like that was uh, Chris was the instructor for for oh, that yeah. one, yeah, yep. Um, and then uh, Rico as well. We talked about uh, off the air before coming on the show today, but yeah, like those guys in particular. I remember at one point they came up to me because. I had actually gone to them and said that I was interested in doing shows on Specs Radio, but I didn't want to do like the music and all that stuff. Like I just wanted to do a sports show. So they were like, okay, like give us some time. We got to talk to some, some people uh, to see if like you can do that type of thing. Cause like, I guess nobody had ever really asked about it before. Right. So they were like, yeah, so we're not really sure like what would go into all that, but we can, we can check it out and, and kind of get back to you type of thing. So like two weeks later they came up to me and they just handed me a, a piece of paper and I was like, okay, well, like, what is this? What am I supposed to be looking at? And I guess they created a rundown sheet for oh, yeah. like specifically for like doing a sports talk format. Yep. So they were like, yeah, here you go. Like, this is what you got to work with. Like whatever you want to do with it from there, like just have fun with it. So I said, okay, cool. So I did a couple shows uh doing that format and i guess it was like this revolutionary thing at the school like nobody had ever really done it before so i was like okay cool like all i did was ask i it's kind of funny that the school had been around for i want to say it had been around for like 50 years or so right, at that point yeah. like nobody had ever come to you and asked to do this before and they were basically like nope not that we've heard of yeah because mainly majority of uh people that go to specs they want to go either into the I mean, there was multiple things. That's why it's called media arts. I mean, there was like graphic de design and you yeah. know, all that stuff. But I mean, majority, it started as a radio and broadcasting school. And so, I mean, they did sports or not sports. They did news and stuff like that. I remember before we even got there, they did like news, like kind of set up. You yeah, know? like a newscast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where there was weather and sports and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and then you know, of course, with the, our, our stuff, there was like country station, a rock station, a top forty station, and stuff like that. Um, so you know, where sports came into play, like nobody really talked about that because if you think sports talk or sports shows is mainly talking, whereas instead of that, it's you know. You talk for a little bit and then you play a song. You talk yeah. a little bit, you play a couple songs, you know? Yeah. And I mean, what's so great is the fact that you were like, hey, I want to talk about sports. Can I talk about sports? Yeah. And then I, when you said the format, I totally remember what you were talking about too. Cause I yeah. remember that format where, you know, you talk about this for 30 minutes and then you go into like a promo. And then you talk about like this and then, yeah. You and, it, and it wasn't even that too. It was like, I remember like Chris was talking to me about it before, like the first show that I was doing and I was doing it by myself. Cause it was on like a Friday afternoon one day. Um, so it was when we weren't even in school because we were only like Tuesday and Thursday. Right. So I came in on like a Friday afternoon at like two in the afternoon to do it. And I was just kind of talking to him about it. Just kind of 
ironing out some of the details of like, okay, when am I doing this break or doing whatever? And he was like, yeah, so you got a bit of a longer uh, segment that you can do in the middle of the show. It was like segment two, I think it was. And it was like 10 minutes long. So he was like, yeah, it's a little bit longer. Do you think you can handle it? And I was like, I think I can talk for 10 minutes. Like, I, I, I think I got that pretty good. So yeah, it was just funny because I don't know, for me, it was just kind of something that I enjoyed talking about. So it's, oh, yeah. I feel like it's easy to talk about something that you're interested in or that you know a lot about. So when he was like, yeah, do you think you can talk for that long by yourself? I was like, oh, I, I think I got it covered. Like, I'm not too worried about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, the but the really cool thing is like, you know, the fact that you could uh, collaborate with different people and oh, yeah. and and just the fact that, you know, you could bounce ideas off with p- different people. I mean, what was it when uh, when we were doing the different cities for the uh, TV broadcasting thing? Yeah, when we were doing the news stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were kind of doing what is it? It was like not a, it was like news stories or it was like a little bit of a. Um, it was like a little segment. It was like not even a segment. It was like a like come to the city and this is why. And then uh Yeah, it was more like a feature story type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then another thing was kind of like uh was uh was like come like come to this place. And I remember my group was like with Martin Patton and uh I forget who else. Um Q and a couple other people. I wanna say you were with Derek too. I think for no, least... I, w- I wasn't with Derek on that one. Okay. I was with Derek. I was on Derek with a PSA where it was okay. teen smoking and I, and I had like a little bit of scruff. I, I don't, ha- I didn't have the beard that I have now. <laughs> I had just like a little bit of chin yeah, scruff. Yeah. <laughs> um... That's what happens when you're 19 years old. You have a little bit of chin scruff, uh, but they go, okay, uh, Matt, you're going to be the teenager because you're the youngest one here. And so I shaved and they're like, oh my God, you look like a child. I'm like, stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. But like, I know, um, especially like beginning of the show when we talked about, you know, you said kind of what did I take away from, from being at Specs and you kind of just touched on it a second ago was just being able to collaborate not even just with the other people in your class but like with the instructors too and kind of picking their brains um as well and kind of learning from them as much as you could that was something that um when we had rico as an instructor even, oh you guys even, even when we didn't have him as an instructor once they kind of let me go into doing like the sports talk kind of stuff and that's kind of the the, the excuse me the direction that i started taking it i would go into his office like every every day that we had class there and kind of say hey so this is kind of like what i was thinking about or hey i heard they were talking about this like what do you think about this because obviously he's really connected with like college athletics and things like that. oh yeah he's, he's yeah. covered especially michigan, michigan state because he's a michigan yeah. state guy yeah he's covered michigan state for like i don't know 20 years or so probably right. more by now um, but at least back then it was probably about 20 at that time. Yeah. Um, and now he's at uh 97 one. He's been there for a couple of years now. So yeah. yeah, just getting able, you know, getting to pick his brain about certain things or get his uh, input on, on certain things and, and all that was, was definitely really cool. And, and he helped me out with a lot of that stuff too, and kind of helped me figure out how to format the show and, and do things like that. So, yeah, I mean, that was definitely something that uh, since we're kind of, you know, reminiscing about stuff that we remember from, from those days, that was definitely something that to this day, I still kind of consider him somebody that was a mentor to me, even all the way back then before we even got out of uh, specs at that point. But yeah, it was, it was definitely cool 
uh, getting to, to talk to him all the time and, and uh, get kind of close to him in that way. Cause now, like, like I said, I'll even, I'll even listen to 97 one from time to time and just be like, Oh yeah, I used to like, I used to know him basically like that's, that's pretty cool. That was your mentor. Yeah. Or like, um, the, the place where I said, I, I spent some time working with Alana a couple of years back. One of the guys that did a show, um, at that place that we worked, um, was Darren McCarty. So like, it's kind of cool to see kind of what he's doing now and, and the show that he's currently got going now, um, you know, that, that he's got, and it's like, Hey, I, I used to know him. Like I used to see him every day at work, like a couple days a week. So, yeah, so did just, you used to talk to Darren McCarty then? Yeah, a little bit. Um, what kind of guy is he like? Oh, super chill. Yeah, I figured, I figured that, I figured that with all the, you know, edibles and weed smoking that he does he's a super nice guy. And then it's funny because I didn't see him for probably about two years, I want to say like year or two years, whatever. Um, And then I went to the place where he does his show now and just kind of like met up with some people there um, about possibly working there. And he was getting ready to do his show. So he like walked in and saw me there and he was just like, Hey Stevie, like what's going on? Like I haven't seen you in so long. So yeah, it was just really cool that even after a year or two or however, however, however long it had been, like he still recognized me, still knew, still knew my name and everything like that. And I'm like, this dude's one of like the greatest hockey players that Detroit's ever had. Like, right. One, one multiple, of the greatest West yeah, Red Wings. Yeah. Like, one multiple Stanley cups and all that. And like, is the dude, the dude's just talking to me like we're best friends and yeah. everything. Like it, You're it like, was just super, can, oh super cool. That's the coolest thing to where you can be like, I know Darren McCarty. Yeah. <laughs> Darren McCarty knows my name. And it's like, it's one of those things where you don't just go around like bragging about it or anything, but like, I mean, the, that's it's a like pretty the, baggable thing. No, though. right. Right. But it's like, you don't, you don't just openly be like, oh yeah. Like I know him. Oh whatever. yeah. Like, it's no like if it comes but up, like in yeah. the, but in the back of your mind, you're just like, Oh yeah. I kind of used to work with him and stuff. Like I used to talk to him and, and whatever else. So yeah, it's just super, super cool. Um, a lot of the things that I've been able to, to do since the days at specs and, uh, it's kind of crazy to, to think that that's kind of where it all started really. Um, and has gotten me to this point and, uh, kind of, like I said, to open the show, I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, what happens next, but I'm also really, grateful and, and really fortunate for the things that I've gotten to, to, to do so far. And, and it's really been a lot of stuff, you know, it's right now I'm kind of focusing more on the, the on-air type stuff, like doing the sports reporting and the, the play-by-play and all that. But I've had so many different roles in, in so many different places over the last couple of years. So just being able to have those opportunities and, and to do the different roles and, and things like that, that I've done, uh, has, has been super cool. That's awesome, dude. I'm trying to look up right now, uh, from monsters Inc. Uh, where, where, oh, let's see, uh, where, uh, the guy goes, uh, um, where he's like, uh, Hey, 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 Mr. Sullivan. Hey guys, how's it going? Shut up guys. You'll, you'll make him lose his focus. Uh, oh, oh, I do. Sorry. I do remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, what was it? Um, I forget. Uh, I think it's in the same movie where it's like, he knows my name. He knows my name. Oh, you're right. I think it is. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I tried definitely. looking up, but I couldn't find it. But anyway, um, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty funny that 
that you kind of are like, wow, Darren, I know Darren McCarty, and Darren McCarty knows my name. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. Um, so uh, what is Alana doing nowadays? Like, I haven't heard of her or from her. From her nowadays, or... I have no idea. I haven't uh, talked to her. Uh, I want to say probably in like two, two and a half years, because pretty much like once COVID happened in March of 2020, uh, pretty much after that, like everything obviously shut down. Like I got let go by the company that we were at and basically everybody kind of did whatever at that point. Yeah, pretty much. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what she's up to now, but, um, just being able to work with her for that like year or so that I did was, was pretty cool. Um, and I mean, like she was good. Like we had a lot of people in our class that I felt like were, were pretty good at the stuff that we were being trained to do. Like we, I feel like we're pretty solid at a lot of that stuff. I know Derek was a guy that everybody kind of like looked up to in our class was somebody that, you know, seemed like he did pretty well. And I feel yeah, like he definitely knew like the tech technical, uh technical stuff yeah like and, and i feel like alana was definitely uh was pretty well rounded know, kind of, yeah. yeah like she she could do a lot of different things both from the technical side but also like behind the mic especially so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think we definitely kind of lucked out in that way that we had so many people that could do so many different things with that class so it's like oh you need help with kind of the technical side well you got these people that you can talk to or you know you need a little help with maybe like your on-air delivery or something like that. Like right. for the radio side, like you got these people that are pretty strong at that. So it, it was pretty cool that kind of like we keep going back to you kind of pick the brains of the instructors, but also the people in your class. Cause you're all kind of in that similar situation together. You're all just kind of learning and figuring things out. So yeah, I, I definitely think it was a, a pretty unique experience is what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like, when we went to graduation and uh the award that i got um the on-air talent award i didn't i didn't think i was gonna win that i honestly didn't and then when my name was called i was like what like and then rico beard was like come on come on get up here accept your award all i remember because i just was stuck in my seat and i was like what (laughs) i won yeah all i remember (laughs) is that I'm pretty sure Derek won like four. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was something crazy. Cause like at one point, like you said, when Rico was announcing him, he was basically just like kind of like almost like, yeah, you might you might want to stay up here because like yeah. you're you're probably not gonna make it back to your seat before I call you up here again. Yeah, so right, right. He almost had to like joke with them because like he just kept getting them and kept getting them. So but yeah, like I said, I think that there was a lot of people in that class and there was about 30 of us, I think when we, when we first got started and, um, it worn down over time because different people either was like, this isn't for me or. Yeah. And and I think that was the cool thing too, is that like, obviously there's going to be some that come and go type of thing, but it didn't seem like we lost too Uh, many people, maybe like four or five, something like that. But we still had pretty, good numbers by by the time we reached the end but yeah i think that you know everybody kind of had their thing that they could bring to the table yeah kind of just like that was their thing and they just kind of took it and ran with it so maybe my thing was like the sports thing or something i don't know oh yeah like big time with like the sports thing as well as uh i remember 
uh, you were really big in uh, the TV broadcasting thing. Yeah, it's funny because like I definitely, I definitely love doing the radio thing, but I also, because I I feel like for me there was certain things that I liked about either side really. Um, so as much as I liked being behind the mic for like the radio side of things and doing the the sports and all of that, I definitely liked. Uh, I think the more technical side of doing like the video stuff and, and being able to edit everything and also doing like all the shooting and stuff like even now when I'm doing like the sports reporting and stuff for for my TV station that I'm at, like I do a lot of my own shooting and editing and all that, too. So, it, you know, five years later, it's cool to be able to still use a lot of that stuff that we that we learned back then I know for one thing when uh when I did uh girls soccer for Henry Ford the second uh so like my old high school um I so wish I, I was a part of your group or you were a part of mine because that would have been a treat to do just like collaborate with the both of us and to do like a sports thing you know and just you know, either ask different questions or like have you either behind the scenes and be like, hey, like, you know, because you had to have a camera guy, a on air talent, a producer, and then I forget. I think that was like the main things or something like that. Or like, oh, and then somebody who was like the editor. Okay. Yeah. Right. Remember that? So. I would have loved to have you like as the producer or like on air talent or something because like, I mean, I went in front of the camera and I did that because it was like my old school and stuff like that. And I knew people, um, I mean, either way, like if, if I was producer and you were on air talent, like, I think that would have been great or vice versa. I mean, I think it would have been all around just something that would have been so cool to experience. Yeah. Just the two of us, you know, but that didn't get to happen, which kind of stunk, but you know, we still yeah. made it work, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I, what did you guys do? I know it was a sports thing or something like that. Um, I want to say our sports thing. I mean, it's not like technically sports, but I think they like, let us count it for that was we went to a like shooting range. Oh, so, you did? Yeah. So and it's funny because that's the one and only time I've ever actually shot a gun in my life was when we went there. No kidding. So, yeah. So it was like an indoor place because I guess Lance like knew the guy that does it. Like oh. he teaches classes and stuff on on how to get certified and whatnot. So yeah. he was like, yeah, you want to like do a class with us and we'll like film it for our class and everything. So he was like, all right, sure. So, yeah, we went to this place. Um, I forget where it was at. But yeah, we went and like shot it and we all got to take turns like doing the different uh, guns and stuff like that. So yeah, the one and only time I've ever done it in my life. And I, I remember like the the first shot that I took, um, he was like explaining like how to like set your feet and everything, like the stance and everything, like how you hold it and all that. Um, and he was like, yeah, so like once you're all set and like you're you're ready, just like take a breath, like kind of like relax yourself and then just pull the trigger. So I did. And so like, we're obviously shooting at like the little paper, like target thing. And so like, I, I took the first shot and he kind of like looked over my shoulder for a second. And he was like, huh, not bad. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like it was kind of funny. Cause he, he kind of like leaned in and he was like, huh, not bad. So I was like, oh, cool. 
Uh, but yeah, so like that was kind of a, a fun project that we got to work on. I'm, I'm pretty sure I edited that one. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I did a lot of the shooting and editing for that one. Um, and then the one that I know that I did like the, the shooting and editing for was we went to a uh, Hamtramck. Oh, yeah. So we like drove around Hamtramck and like shot a bunch of like the, I guess you would say like iconic stuff from around Hamtramck. Like we stopped at a uh, Keyworth stadium, which is where Detroit city FC plays. So we like got some shots of the stadium and said like, Hey, this is where they play. Like in case you didn't know type of thing. Um, so we basically just drove around the city and I was like, I was literally shooting out of Lance's car, like in I his back seat. Yeah. So like a lot of the, a lot of the transitions and stuff between places that we went to was literally just me sticking the camera up to his back window <laughs> and like shooting stuff as we drove by. Cause he was only going like 25 because like we were in a, a downtown area. <laughs> so it was super cool. Cause like when we did like the, the class critique after we got done, like editing everything together. Together, yeah. we like played ours and he was like so were, were you just filming like from his car i was like yep i was in the back seat and he was like that's awesome yeah like this was rico saying that he was like yeah. that's awesome yeah and it was so funny because like nobody had the balls to do that because like you know though it, that is like a thousand dollars worth of equipment you know i mean like i wasn't sticking it out the window i was sticking it like <laughs> up to the window but yeah right. i was basically just like sitting back in his back seat i've got it like up against my chest or something i'm like yeah. hitting the record button i got like the um the i guess it's like the, the viewfinder. Yeah, yeah, view. the, the, yeah. yeah the screen so i'm like looking at the screen so i can see what i'm actually shooting but yeah i was just chilling like in his back seat of his car while we were driving through the city being like oh we could probably shoot there like maybe we'll stop there or do whatever so i was like i'm just shooting like you guys can stop wherever you want like i'm i'm just going to work back here <laughs> but that's awesome dude but yeah no it was, it was super fun getting to work on those projects and and uh being able to edit those and and i think that's kind of like one of the things that i enjoy about doing like the sports reporting and stuff now is that you kind of shoot all this stuff and then you kind of just make it into something like you're trying to tell a story so you gotta yeah. try and figure out like what the story is you're trying to tell and how you want to tell it and that's both from like a video like visual but also kind of like how you're gonna do the voiceover and stuff for it so like there's a lot more i think that goes into it than people i guess realize so but it is kind of cool to to be able to take something that starts out as just like a concept and then you see how it kind of builds up so like for example today when i was at the station i was doing highlights from the utica game last night because we didn't get to stream it but we had two guys go out there with me they were shooting it and i was just kind of watching from up in the press box i did an interview with the head coach after the game got to ask him a couple of questions and then i took like everything they shot and basically made it into this like five minute long highlight package of the game and everything and like added the interview at the end so it was just kind of cool to see like you were literally just telling the the story of the game like a two hour long game in a in a five minute little video right well i mean all in all i mean it sounds like you're doing amazing things and again for those that are listening uh you can check them out play by play uh on shelby tv you can check them out on espn uh for detroit mercies uh men's and women's soccer so uh, women's soccer and women's lacrosse and also don't forget to check out this weekend august 26th on youtube at the rochester sports network uh 
Steve, thanks so much for coming in, buddy. I really yeah, no do problem. appreciate this was, it. This was super fun. I'm glad I got to uh, come on with you and uh, talk a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Same. I mean, it was uh, it was a blast and it feels like good old times, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It feels like we're back in, you know, back at school and also like yep. we're 19 again. Yep. Now we're old guys. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yep. Well, Steve, uh, I wish you nothing but the best uh, in broadcasting and everything like that. Uh, I'm excited to see what comes up with it. And also, you know, congratulations again on your engagement. And I wish you nothing but the best on your guys' wedding day. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, buddy.